Good afternoon. Today I have the lovely Jane Ridson with me. Hiya, Jane. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you very much, Donna. Um, I'm Jane Risden. I've um, been writing since about 2012. Um, I write women's uh, fiction and also women's lit literary fiction, I should say, and uh, crime. And um, I've written, well, I think, contributed to 18 anthologies, a novel with Christina Jones, which is called Only One Woman, set in the 1960s music scene, and um, a collection of crime stories called Undercover Crime Shorts, which... Um, various methods of dispatching with people, shall we say. Um, before I started writing, I was in the international music industry. Um, I married a musician and together we, um, when he was, you know, performing, uh, we traveled. And then later on, we decided to go into the management of singers, songwriters, record producers, musicians, and putting soundtracks onto movies and films and uh, TV shows. So, um, you know, quite a varied life. Oh, and before that, I worked at the Foreign and Commonwealth Office in London um, during the Cold War era, the end of the Cold War era. So that's me, really, but I enjoy writing crime mostly. <laughs> that's where um, I'm And did you always want to write? Um, I did, actually. When I, when I was a little girl, I used to make up stories and get into trouble for it. And then I used to scribble them down on bits of paper and hide them. Up. I had a little cupboard in my bedroom, which when you opened it up under the floorboard, it was a bit loose. And I used to put all my little stories under there and hide them because, you know, if my mother read them, she'd think it was fact. So <laughs> you could get yourself into trouble. Um, and I always did want to, to um, write. And then when I was in Germany with the Ministry of Defence, I, I wanted to come back to England because my husband, boyfriend then, was um, his band was based in London. And I thought, oh, I'll go back there. And... Um, so I got a job at the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. At first, I thought I was getting a job with the um, Ministry of Information, which is like a press, I suppose today it would be like a press office for um, a ministry or the government. And I thought well, I could write all day long. You know, that'd be wonderful. But then they decided to stick me in the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. And um, so I had to deal with people like spies and things all day long. Um, which was quite interesting for somebody who wants to write, you know. Um, but because because I'd married a musician, life was very sort of mobile, shall we say? We're always moving about. Um, and uh, so I carried on working. And then um, when he gave up with his band, we decided to go into management. And I never, I, I always used to think, oh, I write when people are in the studio, or I write when we're on tour, or something. But you actually can't do that well I couldn't do it because you never get a minute to yourself it's like babysitting constantly and you never get a minute to yourself and and so I couldn't ever write but what I did do was store things up here you know and especially working in Hollywood in the music industry and the film industry very interesting um and, and also foreign and commonwealth office and so I blend all of that into into what I do now somehow but um no I always I always wanted to write but it's it's you know, it took me years to get there. And I always say, I always say to people, if you want to do something, do it. Don't wait until it's too late. You know, I mean, I, I got published um, in 2012. Um, I never thought I would. You know, it was, it was it's just one of those things. And, and now I look back and I think, why did I do this so much earlier? You know, it's sad, isn't it, really, when you think about mm -hmm. it? But, you know, I am where I am. <laughs> Yeah, where I am. <laughs> and what made you finally take the plunge and actually go for it? Um, it was it was funny. It was, um, 
we'd, we'd moved back from America and we'd been living in Southeast Asia in America and um, we'd moved house and we were getting rid of ton, and I do mean tons of stuff, you know, because it's a house full of stuff. Um, downsizing uh, as they say and um, when when I got round to you know like photograph albums and things like that I was looking through them all and um, I came across loads of photographs and posters and tour schedules and diaries and things like that and started looking at them and, in, and I thought I was just going to sort of like throw them away but of course you know once you start looking hours passed don't they <laughs> days passed and I couldn't part with them and um, I started sort of looking at a couple of things and, and making notes and it was when I was making the notes I, I realized just this is this quite a story here um, but I didn't know how to write it because because I was thinking along the lines of you know I, I write crime mainly so I'm thinking how do I bump people off in this situation that's coming from this story and it didn't happen. So I started to write a, a story, which basically was um, about a young girl who met a guitarist when she was 16 and they fell in love. And, and it was how how um, her family was so, I don't know, I want to say like Cinderella, really, you know, and the, and the ugly sisters. It was it's that sort of situation. And and. Um, I, I was thinking about it and how was I going to go about it? And a friend of mine uh, who used to be my husband's fan club secretary, Christina Jones, um, and she was a rock pop writer, I mean, journalist in the day. She used to write for magazines like Jackie, things like that. Um, and she wrote sto short stories and she became very successful romantic novelist. Um, you know, she's, she's had awards and everything. And um, I thought we, we'd always wanted to write together, but we'd never actually... You know, she write she wrote romance. I wrote crime. I mean, you know, how's that going to work? So I I sort of did the story, and she always likes to read what I'd written. So I sent it to her, and she said, "Oh, I could write I could write another character into this. This could be a love triangle." And I'm thinking, love? I don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, romance? Oh my god! You know. Um, but then you know, so she she decided to fit a character into what I'd already written, which I think is absolutely brilliant. I, I don't know how she did it in the same type of voice. So people tell us now when they read the book, they can't tell who wrote what, because it's it just, you know, and it's, it's a very thick book. It's 500 pages, but people say, oh, it, it, you just can't put it down and you read it very quickly because it's done in diary format so that each character has a voice. So, you know, you don't get muddled up with what's going on. So. Um, we did that, and that came out um, with um, what is now Headline. And uh, and then um, a couple of short stories later, and, then, and so it goes on. Um, that that really was a shock to me, because I'd never approached a publisher. They approached me for two short stories, funnily enough, and that's how I got involved with them. And um, she, she'd just come out of her big publishing deal and decided uh, you know, a little time before to go with them as well. And... Um, so I'd never looked for a publisher, so it was very strange. Um, it seemed quite simple. I thought, oh, this is how it works, but of course it doesn't, you know. And, and of course, I realise that now, um, you know, this a long time afterwards. And it's, it's like with getting an agent. I never, ever dreamed that I would get an agent. And I never, ever dreamed that... Um, somebody would be interested enough to want to go out there and work on my behalf. And it's funny because I managed recording artists and musicians and that's what I did. 
I went out there and championed them and, you know, believed in them and, and did my best to get the best for them. And then suddenly somebody approaches you and says, oh, I want to do that for you. And I said, well, why? <laughs> but, but actually, I, you know, I was, I, that's again, I never went to look for one. So it's strange how life, I mean, if this had happened back, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, I probably wouldn't have appreciated it or been able to deal with it. You know, because I wouldn't have had probably the experience behind me, which has given me the um, material to write, you know, to, to, to use in my writing. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so we had a book out called Only One Woman, um, which is set in the 1960s music scene. And it's a love triangle, but it's also a social commentary on, um, you know, a coming of age of, of teenagers during the late 60s, early 70s. And it has the Cold War and moon landings and assassinations and food and fashion and music. <laughs> so, you know, and, and anybody who loves the 60s read it and all the musicians love it because the venues are real. And um, so, you know, that, that was good because that was an opportunity to write together. Um, I can't ever see her writing crime with me. <laughs> Although she, might, she reads crime, but I don't think she'd ever write that with me. Um, so all my stories basically are crime based. They sometimes have music in them. They sometimes have espionage in them. Um, but no, that's how I came to, to be writing, you know, all because we were going through diaries thinking, oh, when did that happen? How did that happen? Oh, I remember them. <laughs> it's, it's good fun. Did you keep all them? Do you still have them? I still have them. Yeah. I mean, God, do I still have them? Um, I mean, <laughs> I've kept a diary since the mid 1960s. So you can imagine when you move, you're, you're looking at this thing like this and thinking, really? Should I do, I do I keep them? Do I throw them? But they were so good for going back in. You know, if I'm writing anything music-based, I can just flick back and think, oh, yeah, we were at so-and-so doing this, that, and the other. I can use that. Yeah. No, I've still got them. So it's, they're piled up in the corner there. We won't look. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't look. <laughs> and would you ever um, consider using them and writing your life story? Because before we, when we were recording, we were talking, and it sounds like you've had quite an amazing life, so... Um, Do you ever write it? Well, only only one woman, I suppose. Really, if you if you look at the two characters in that book, um, or three characters, the main characters in that book, um, Christina's character is very close to her as a teenager. My character is very close to me, and we've used a lot of fiction. <laughs> um, but basically, that is like an auto, you know, a, a, a sort of biographical piece. Um, but I have written uh, sort of like a memoir. Um, but it's, it's still on my computer in, in bits. And the other thing is, you know, if, if you work in the industries that I've worked in, you have to be very, very careful about naming names or, or, or situations where people go, oh, that's me. <laughs> uh, no, so, so I don't know. I don't want the horse's head or the concrete boots. <laughs> so, so I think perhaps we'll wait a while, especially with the Hollywood end. Yeah, I think we might do. Yeah, it could, it could get interesting. But um, maybe, you know, if I get around to it, I mean, I've got about five novels on my computer. So one of them is, is, is that, yeah. Well, I'd read it after talking to you before as well. I'd definitely read it because it's- Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, oh, you can come again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
Um, what's the most interesting thing you found doing research for your books? Oh, um, I think I think what it, when I when I decided that I actually was going to concentrate on on crime, um, and I read a lot of crime. I love Peter James and Michael Connolly and all those authors, um, Kathy Reichs, You know, um, when when I went to write it, I suddenly thought to myself one day, do you know, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, I thought, you know, all right, so this happens and this happens and this happens when you find a dead body. And then when you go to a police station, what happens? You know, when, when you get somebody on, a, on a, a pathologist slab, what happens? And what happens when somebody's in a grave and blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, you know, I, I'm talking out the back of my head here um, and I'm relying on I'm relying on programmes on television like CSI and, and all of that sort of thing. And I'm relying on books and Kathy Reichs and, and Karen Slaughter and, and um, Patricia Cornwell are all very well, but you know they they have actually done what they're they're saying. But I thought I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I thought I've got to do something. I can't Google everything because you can never rely on Google. Um, and I thought I'm too old to go to university. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could sit there long enough. You know, um, I'd probably be off somewhere after about five minutes. So um, I looked online and I found a lot of courses that were designed for crime writers at universities, forensic science, um, criminal justice, archaeology, um, identification of, of bodies in graves and how you go about working out who they are and what have you. Um, and so what I did was I signed up with seven different universities online. And over the course of about three years, I took all these courses in forensic science, criminal justice, archaeology so I, I did witness identification um, all sorts of things and um, I thought well at least at least I I know what I don't know now <laughs> you know and, and I, I can understand it and so I know now when I'm writing something when I need to go and find out a bit more whereas before I might have just bluffed it um, and I don't I didn't ever want somebody to turn around and say to me do you know what the hell you're talking about because you don't um, and so I did that. And then I got um, friendly on Facebook, funny enough, with a couple of authors that had been detectives and they've helped me a lot. And also an author that's a counterterrorism uh, former detective. Um, and so if I really, really, really can get stuck with something and I can't find the answer in my course notes or or somewhere else that I'm satisfied is accurate because things change all the time, don't they? Um, so I, I use them as well. Um, and that was the most, in, I really found it very, very interesting. Uh, it surprised me because I thought I was going to be bored, senseless doing research and I could actually sit there and do it all day. <laughs> and, I, and I absolutely loved research in MI5 and MI6. Oh my God. You know. <laughs> but you've done, you've done forensics or something, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about then. It's, it's once you start at it, you, it's hard to put it down, I think. Yeah, I decided after reading Karen, um, Kathy Reichs, that yeah. it sounded really good and I could do a degree. Yeah. Yeah, which I kind of could, but... <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't do a degree. I just did um, to a, a certain level, you know, um, and I passed all my exams. I got 98% in my exams, which I'm quite surprised at because I haven't been to school since I was in my teens, you know. So application, you see, if you're interested, you apply yourself, don't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is why I only scraped a pass in my 
drugs and toxicology exam because it was mostly chemistry. So I didn't oh. care about and couldn't care about, couldn't bring myself to care about at any point. <laughs> so my, my first encounter with drugs <laughs> uh, was when, when I was at the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. I had to um, share a dormitory um, with five other girls, um, a civil service hostel. You know, because because we came, I came from Germany. I had nowhere to live, so they had a civil service hostel. And the dormitory that I shared was a girl from Custom and Excise, um, somebody from the Home Office, another girl from the Foreign Office, like me. And I can't remember what the other, the other ones did, but the one that worked for Customs and Excise, she used to come home with homework, and she used to come home with these little packets of little things. You know, and we, we'd say, "What have you got in there?" And she said, oh, this, this, I've got to work out which one's heroin, which one's cocaine. I was like, oh. <laughs> and we're all going around going, hmm, oh, no, don't like that. <laughs> so she used to have to log them in and then log them back again, you know. I mean, but we all, we all had a, a look and tried to work out what it was. But that was the first time I'd ever, ever, ever come across anything to do with drugs. I'd never, even in the music industry at that time, I'd never come across it. Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to say that at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder I wonder if they do that now. I bet they don't. I bet they don't let you loose with packets of things. I wouldn't have thought so, no. <laughs> Take this back to the civil service dormitory over the weekend and just get familiar with what it tastes like and looks like and feels like. I don't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. No, no, that was 19, 1968, 69, 70. So I think things have changed a bit since then. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> yeah we got a paracetamol, I think, to play with and aspirin or something. I don't know. Yeah. Wild, absolutely wild. I know, I don't know how we've done it. I don't know how we contained our excitement. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Don't raid my cupboard then, because I have got paracetamol and aspirin. I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do, actually, but I'll put mm. paracetamol, actually, everyone does, doesn't they? Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> the, go-to, the go-to drug for every ache and pain. If you were to be transported into one of your books, which book would it be and what character would you choose to be? Oh my God! <laughs> um, can I say one that that is actually out with the publisher now? Um, that that is uh, I've written um, a series about an MI5 um, officer, well, former MI5 officer called uh, Miss Birdsong, Lavinia Birdsong, and she she gets um, booted out of MI5. We don't know why in this in the first book. Um, and um, she was actually told she could take retirement, early retirement, or get the sack and lose a pension. And she doesn't even know what she's done wrong. I mean, she was in Moscow with a, uh, on a secondment to MI6 and something went wrong. Anyway, so she is quite a feisty woman. I, I, when I was writing her, I had, I sort of, did you ever watch The Avengers, the old, the old series on TV? Emma Peel, no Mrs. Peel? I've, it rings a bell, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever get the chance, go and see her. But well, so I, I had sort of her in mind with with her um, martial arts and prowess with guns and God knows what, and her sarcasm and her, her intellect. Um, and I, th- I think actually, yeah, I quite like to be her because she she sort of goes on t- um, in retirement. She's not old, um, solving crimes and tracking down people. Um, you know, when she was in M- MI5, she was counter-terrorism, counter-organised crime. 
and so she she infiltrated gangs and all sorts of things and terrorist groups I quite I would quite like to do that I, I think I would like to have been a spy in another life <laughs> Janie Bond <laughs> I can just hear the music <laughs> Yeah, that would be awesome. You can see me doing that, can't you? Yeah, actually, yeah. Just imagine the car. I'd totally do it just for the car. Yeah. I would as well. Absolutely. 100%. Well, my my Miss Bird song, uh, Lusts After Something Called a Maybach, which is like a Mercedes, but it's it's like an old-fashioned, really long, sleek, um, a bit, oh, you wouldn't know, but but a bit like the old... um, Oh God, I forgot the name of it now. See, I'm getting old. Um, oh, what is that car? There's there's a car from the 1930s. It's absolutely beautiful, and it will come to me when you've gone. But don't worry about it. Anyway, so <laughs> so I th- I think you know she she lusts after a car like that. So I think you know I could have that car, and um, you know her lifestyle, and her figure, and uh, that would be nice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's athletic and she runs you know and if I ran I'd probably drop dead so <laughs> yeah <laughs> some people just aren't designed to run aren't they <laughs> oh well I, I used to in my youth be able to run around a bit but not so much but I mean no that I mean I'm kidding I'm, I'm, I'm not old really I'm very young but um I I would like to be her I think you know I've enjoyed writing her and I don't know where she's going to go but I I do I yes that's who I'd be Lavinia Birdsong and change your name. <laughs> um, do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books? Um, no, but I think I think some of the the stories that um, were in Only One Woman, um, I think perhaps a few people would recognise things in there, and it would make them laugh because they'd probably think, "Oh, yeah, I, I sort of remember that," you know. Um, and in um, my crime stories. I think, I hope they're all dead now. I know that's a wicked thing to say, but they were really old at the time. There are a few people in Hollywood that probably would recognise themselves and get the joke if they were still around to read things. You know, they think, oh, that's a bit of me in there. And yes, that did happen. And that was funny. But no, I don't deliberately, you know, but that's a good thing. I I mean, that's a good idea, isn't it? Mm. Mm, Yeah, I love the idea of that. Yeah. 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 Secret messages, code, the 39 steps, you know. A modern 39 steps yeah and as someone that has a, a character recurring throughout even though it's not a series they have a character that pops up oh, I can't yeah. remember what other people have said just just little things um, that yeah. they put in and I love love the idea of that yeah so yeah no that's pretty cool I think I do as well <laughs> <laughs> I think about that yeah, I'll have to, when I read your next one, I'll have to look out and see if there's anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a character called Donna. Oh, that's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I've, I've got a character. There's a book coming out in August. Hmm. Um, and um, funnily enough, I'm on the blog tour on my birthday. And oh. there's a character in it named after me who is a sex mad politician. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so that's going to be fun to... Yeah, it will be. <laughs> I, I, I'm, in, I'm in a book. Um, I can't remember the author's name because I've never read it, but somebody told me that my name is used in a book as a weather girl. 
Arts image. <laughs> and they even took, they gave me the page in the, the chapter, but I shall have to look it up. Stephen, somebody about that. I can't remember now. It was a long time ago. But I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read the little bit with me and it, I was just laughing because thankfully it's nothing like me, but oh. my God. <laughs> did, did they use your name? They used yeah. the name. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, um, there was a competition and two people nominated me. Like I was, you know, I, I didn't nominate myself. So, and then I won. So, yeah, it's my name. Fantastic. So, I love yeah. that. Uh, yeah, so, fun. <laughs> the nearest I ever got to reading the weather was in Oklahoma City uh, when I was on tour with a rock band and we, we did uh, the radio station circuit, you know, interviews and that. And then we did TV stations and they carted us into the weather room and put us up against a green screen and said, read the weather. And then we saw this thing in front of us and you're supposed to read and point at the same time. There's nothing on the screen <laughs> behind you. Um, and I thought, no, I couldn't do that. It'd drive me mad. You know, I mean, how do you know you're pointing? Here's so-and-so. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where is Maybe it? Sort of roughly. Yeah, sort of up there. <laughs> you know, Alaska. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, no, that's the nearest I've ever got to doing the weather. I mean, God help them. <laughs> the yeah. it, was fun. it was fun. Yeah, I had no plans on becoming a politician, sex mad or otherwise. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, do you have lots of author friends? Um, not, I mean, I, I know them on Facebook, you know, um, and I know obviously Chrissy in real life, um, Christina. Um, but recently I, I joined um, a writing group, which I've, ne I've never ever imagined I'd do. And I was, I was invited to join three other writers who write crime and live in Berkshire, which is, which is where I am now. And um, they asked me if I'd like to join them. And, and basically what you do is you just read out what you've written and then they've got it in front of them and then everybody critiques it. And some of them are editors, so that's quite good. And it's great because you get some instant feedback. And I've never I've never had anybody read my stuff before, apart from only one woman, Christina. So, um, yeah, I, I know a lot of authors on Facebook and I've known I've been on Facebook since 2008. So I've known them since then. Um, but I've never met any of them except these these three ladies who are absolutely lovely. You know, I've really enjoyed it. But um, no, I, I don't really know. I know a lot of musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I know the the two, you know, the well, three authors that helped me that have, have been detectives and things like that. But um, you know, and they're very supportive, and I try and support them. I think that's what I like about um, author groups is is that everybody seems to try and help everybody else. It's not not um, not bitchy or anything, as far as I've found, anyway. No, generally, it's the most supportive, lovely yeah. community. Yeah, yeah, it really is amazing. Yeah. Because you're not in competition. I mean, everybody writes a different book. So it's not as if you're selling the same can of baked beans all the time, because you're not. <laughs> and there's, there's millions of readers. So, you know, you can't pitch to the same ones and expect them to wait a year or whatever to read your next book. So no, no, there's always somebody out there. So that's good. Yeah. And do you get a lot of feedback from readers? I do actually, um, and that did surprise me. I never, I never thought I would. I just sort of operated in a little vacuum all on my own, and then people would send me messages and and um, send me photographs of them with the books and things. Uh, but just 
actually just tell me and, and then very, very sweetly go and tell other people. You know, and that's the thing that I, I found was amazing was that they, they go and recommend you to someone else. And um, since I've been published, I've had the same writer, um, same readers um, being sort of friendly and getting to know me and me getting to know them over that whole period. So that's like nearly nine, 10 years. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. I, ne I, never, I never dreamed in a million years you know, um, when you see when you see reviews that people write and they say, oh, I was in that book and I could, you know, and I, I was lost in it. And it was me. It was me writing about me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's quite a responsibility, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably think I'm a homicidal maniac as well, because I do devise the most amazing ways of bumping people off. But, you know, but they enjoy it. And people that don't normally read crime have, have come across from, you know, the... Um, women's fiction to um, reading the crime things that I've written and they like them as well. So I, I found that quite sweet. You know, I, I never expected that. Yeah, that's nice. And I know yeah. that's something that a lot of people worry about actually crossing genres that people won't come over. But I, I mean, I would read, if I like an author in the way they write, I'd read anything, I think, but not everyone's the same. So. Well, I think people get stuck in their little box, don't they? I mean, it's like me, I, I, I never read anything except crime. Um, and and then of course you know I go and write something which is deemed romance, but actually I, I call it women's fiction because it's so much more than just romance. But I'd never read a romance, but I'd read Daphne du Maurier and all of her books, and to me that's romance. You know, it's adventure and romance. So um, and I loved all those books. Um, and I and I I don't know. I think you've got to try occasionally. I mean, I, I read Ken Folia and and he wrote The Pillars of the Earth, and I never thought I'd read that. You know, and when I got into it, the cathedral, building the cathedrals of England and France, oh God, it was fascinating. You know, so you've got to, you've got to sort of like dip your toe in now and again and see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll read anything. You know, <laughs> if I don't have anything to read, I'll read a bottle or a box or anything. I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm really not fussy. The only thing uh, I don't think I'd read is like proper sci-fi maybe, but I have read some sci-fi, so... But yeah, I pretty much read anything. I'm not fussy. So I know I know when I was when I was first married, and my husband had all these uh, Eric Van, Van Duniken books. I think they were called Chariots of the Gods and all of that sort of alien stuff. Um, I did have a look through that, and so he had some Dennis Wheatley, and I had a look through that, and that was quite disturbing. So, um, but not, yeah, that's a bit too too much for me. I I can't go with that. But I, I mean, I admire people that write it because the imaginations they have. And a lot of the sci-fi stuff has actually become real. You know, we're, we're actually living that life now. So, yeah, yeah those people <laughs> were, were very, very clever, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you were able to just pick one, what would be your favourite moment so far as an author? Oh, God. <laughs> um, favourite, I think it probably would have been the first person that sent me a message to tell me how much they enjoyed Only One Woman, and which was, it wasn't the first book that I had out, but it was the first proper thick novel, you know. Um, and um, they, I mean, they, they enjoyed reading Chrissy as well. It wasn't just me, but, um, but it, they singled me out and, and wrote me, a, a, I think it was a lovely sort of like letter. Um, and and I, I just thought, oh, that came out of my head into that book. 
and and someone's got it <laughs> and they understand it and they and they really you know they really loved it and I, I was surprised and that was a lovely moment plus getting the paperbacks you know when you first get your paperbacks sitting there looking at them and thinking oh I don't believe it <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you know what I mean <laughs> it's just a thrill yeah and what's your biggest dream or your biggest goal ah do I have any um well I'd, li I'd like to carry on writing for as you know as many books as I can and I'd love for people to buy them um and obviously if it makes some money along the way for me and everybody else that's involved you know my agent and everybody that's brilliant um but I think just to be able to keep uh, coming up with something that people want to read if that would be my goal and not to dry up you know or not to repeat myself endlessly um because you know <laughs> you can pick up books now can't you think oh it's, are you sure you haven't uh, We've read this before and then you look and you think no I haven't read it before but it's the same story just different characters you know so I'm, I, I try not to do that I think that would be but yes to be able to carry on I think you know somebody doesn't shut me up <laughs> um if you're able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend a day with oh just the one ah, ah hmm that's a hard one hmm See, I'm, I'm tempted to say Agatha Christie, um, but I'd love to spend time with Kathy Rikes. <laughs> um, so I once did, isn't she? So I can't spend time with her unless I pop my clogs. So um, I suppose it would have to be Kathy Rikes. I think I think she'd be fascinating. You totally like agree? Oh totally my agree. god! Oh, yeah. yeah, I adore that woman. She is awesome. So. Just yeah. the fact that she done the job, you know, I she helps recover bodies at the 9-11 and things. War crimes and things. Yes. Yeah. I just, she is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She knows what she's talking about. And that's what I mean when, you know, when you're writing crime stories and you've got digging up bodies and things. Or, I mean, I don't actually do police procedural and I don't go into too much detail about anything like that. But I like to know that I know what, I, you know, if I had to. Um, and if, well that's basically when I realized I thought well you know she's done this and she's written you know she's studied it she knows what she's talking about I haven't got a clue and that's why I went and informed myself basically I'm not an expert in anything but but I understand it enough now to know when I don't understand something and I need to check on it you know yeah, yeah. but she she is brilliant I would love to spend a day with her yes yeah and she doesn't come over here very often does she so um, she was in, wasn't it? Was she? In? I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I remember think seeing something. Yeah. She came over to do something. Was it at the British Museum or somewhere? Yeah. And then, then you didn't hear from her for a while, and she said something about taking a year off or whatever. But I think is it her I'm talking about? I think it is. I think so. Yeah, it rings yeah. a bell. Yeah, it's not um, Karen Slaughter, is it? God, I like her. I, I do yeah. like her as well. Um, yeah. So if you read Tess Gerritsen as well. Oh, I love Tess Garrison as well. Yeah, no, I do. I do. <laughs> Them I mean, three seem to sort of come together, don't they? They do. They do. And she's a medical doctor as well. So she knows what she's talking about, you know. Um, yeah. I, I, I like them, but I also like the male. I, mean, I do really enjoy male, you know, authors as well. I mean, um, as I said, Peter James and Michael Connolly, Jeffrey Diva and people like that. I do, I do enjoy them very much. I, try, I, I could have them, couldn't I? I'd be allowed to have them come. <laughs> if you don't look. 
fine. Your secret's safe with me. It's fine. I won't tell anyone. That's okay. I'll be greedy and have more then. <laughs> I totally would as well. I'd no way be able to narrow it down to one. No, I mean, that's difficult when people say, who's your favourite author? I, I really have so many. I mean, I don't know. You know, just so many. I mean, I, I do love Stella Remington. Have you read her books? I don't think so. She's the former first woman head of MI5. She was Dame Stella Remington. And she's written a series of books about an MI5 officer called um, Liz Carlyle. And they are so good because that woman knows what she's talking about as well. So there have been two women now, uh, her and um, what's the name? God, her name's gone out of my head now. Ooh, that's terrible. I've forgotten the other one's name. But um, Lavinia Birdsong had her eye on being the third female head of MI5. That's why she's a bit peeved at uh, giving her marching orders and wants to get back. But, yeah, you know, the, um, yes, I think there, there's so many authors out there. It'd be so hard to, to have to say. And I'd feel mean. I <laughs> know. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I'm friends with lots of authors and talk to them as well. So yes. I feel like I'd have to choose them and then I'd miss out loads. And yeah, just, I'd yeah. decline to answer, I think. Yeah, I, th I think you're wise. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be getting myself in all sorts of holes. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so what do you like to do when you're not writing? When I'm not writing, um, I like to... Uh, go for walks and um, take photographs. I love photographing the countryside and old buildings and churches and things like that. Um, I'm interested in history and astronomy and science. I love science. Um, my husband's a musician, so, you know, I, I love music. So that's a big part of my life. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I like to sort of investigate things, but I, I do love taking photographs. I love visiting old, old villages and houses and gardens and places like that, you know, and I absolutely adore general knowledge quizzes. So. <laughs> Not on television, I get bored with the ones on TV, but, you know, if anybody sort of like wants to do a quiz, I just love them. Yeah, I love them. I'm full of useless information over years. It's stored in there. And if you press the right button, sometimes it takes a while to come out, but it will come out. <laughs> Imagine your music knowledge is insane. Uh, well, it used to be. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, I, I used to be able to sort of like hear ding, ding. and Oh, that's so-and-so, you know, I knew that. Um, and working with lots of wonderful musicians and record producers and, and people like that, songwriters, um, you know, it, it's, it's so exciting. It's nice to be around creative people. I love creative people, you know, writers, painters, creators of anything, but musicians, they are magical. Where does a song come from? When you sit and watch somebody write a song, you know, like with a book and a story, it comes from up there somewhere. It definitely just lands, boom, you know. So that, that fascinates me. I, I do like that. Um, who was your first celebrity crush? Celebrity crush, oh my God. I think it might have been Elvis Presley. <laughs> I think. I, I don't know, actually. I mean, he was rather lovely. Um, I absolutely adored Alice Cooper. And when I worked with him, I couldn't believe him. You know, when you've had somebody on your bedroom wall as a teenager and, and you think, oh, they're the bee's knees, 
and then suddenly you're working with them and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't really know that I had crushes I think I just liked I just like musicians actually I, I mean I'm terrible I had a big crush on my husband when I first saw him <laughs> Well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say that in case he's listening. <laughs> but um, no, I think it might have been Elvis Presley. I, I, you know, somebody around that period of time. But of course, then along came the Beatles and it was Paul, you know, with George Harrison. Um, I thought it was absolutely good. Paul, Paul um, oh, what's his name? Paul Jones from Manfred Mann, I absolutely loved. Um, oh, I don't know, Robert Plant? Robert Palm, oh my God, you know, now we're going, now we're going. All, 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 all the rock bands. Coming you know. out now. Yeah. I, I could actually, I could sit here all like, afternoon thinking about, oh yes. <laughs> I'm going to stop that before I get carried away. <laughs> um, would you be more likely to fangirl over a musician or an author? A musician, absolutely. And who's yeah. the biggest one that you haven't met that you'd love to, that you'd go? Um, oh. I don't know. Um, probably, oh, that's going to be a difficult, oh, that's, that's so hard. Um, no, I haven't met, because that's difficult. Um, I haven't met any of the Eagles, so I quite like, because they're brilliant songwriters. Um, I The Beatles, obviously, because they're brilliant. Beach Boys, again, you know. Um, and of course, you know, only one woman. The forward was written by Graham Bonney, used to um, sang that song, Only One Woman, and was a hit. Um, it was written for him by um, the Bee Gees in 1968. And um, that's that launched their career uh, at the Marbles. And um, then he went on to, to sing with Rainbow and Alcatraz and Michael Schenker and Richie Blackmore and people like that. Um, I would, I think I would love to meet the Bee Gees. I've spoken to I've spoken to Maurice, uh, Maurice Barry on the phone, um, but you know, and I think that would be quite nice. <laughs> so again, it's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, I, I can't because because you admire so many different ones for different reasons. That it's, yeah. it's a hard one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I mean I've met quite a few that I did like, and don't anymore. <laughs> We won't name names, but a few. <laughs> I bet that happens with authors, you know. I bet people have these big ideas of how nice somebody is and how wonderful they are, and then they meet them and they think, you know what, I don't like you at all. Yeah, yeah they do say not to meet your heroes and stuff, don't they? But <laughs> well, I worked with a couple that, you know, were were absolutely, I, I thought they were amazing when I was, well, actually in my 20s. I worked with them in a bit later on, and I just thought you're. Hmm, there are words for it, but I won't use them. <laughs> Not tonight. I'm sure we can fill in the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it's a disappointment, you know. It really is a disappointment, and you just think it's all a facade. And I and I I, I really don't like that. I like people to be real. You know, not 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 put this face on, and then two minutes later, when they think nobody's, you know, there to impress anymore come out and be the real them and you think no 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 <laughs> didn't like it. Alice Cooper was wonderful he was exactly what I thought he was going to be only better 
Yeah, I've seen him on something, and I just I just loved him as well. It was great. Yeah. So a gentle, a gentleman, and the and the other one um, that I worked with was David Cassidy, who's now died, obviously. Um, I wasn't a Partridge Family fan because that was my son's era, not my era. Um, but I I I always liked him. I thought he was lovely, and uh, when I we made an album with him and did a lot of things with him and. I just thought he was such a nice man. And he spent so much time with the artists that we were working with at the time, explaining about being nice to people on the way up because there will be a way down and explaining about all the mistakes he'd made in his life and how he wished he'd hadn't and how sorry he was for some of the things that you know he'd done. He was just such a lovely, lovely man and, and, and a gentleman. His wife and his son were as well. And I, I, I was very sad when he passed away. I think, you know, it was... Yeah, but he, he actually was what I thought he was going to be, funnily enough. Although a lot of people said when there was a part of his career when he wasn't. But no, I, I thought he was a lovely man. Oh, that's really lovely. Um, he's quite a popular choice as a first crush as well. So Is he? Oh, yeah. yeah I can, I can understand Donny that. Donny Osmond, so. Donny Osmond, yeah, 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 I can imagine. Yeah, no, it's, that's not my generation, you see. So. <laughs> but but I, I do I do get it. I do, I really do get it. And, and David Cassidy was very talented you know and and I feel sorry he had a sad life really and I feel very sorry for the life he had but he was so so kind he even one of one of the artists that we were working with um, on his album them doing a duet and singing with um, was sat talking to her mother on the phone one day in the reception area and he came in and he said to her who are you talking to and she said oh my mum and he said oh give me the phone and he took the phone, he, hello, mum, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And you can hear this voice at the other end going, ah! <laughs> and, and she kept saying, you're not David Cassidy. You can't be David Cassidy. And going, but I am, but I am. And then she said, how much money did you make? <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. And then, and then when he came off the phone, you know, it, sort of um I mean it was kind of him because the mother was of his general you know the, the fan generation and uh, <laughs> afterwards when we were doing this album and and we went and toured to some radio tours with him and things um it was so funny because they decided to call it didn't you used to be David Cassidy and <laughs> and we said to him why well, it's a funny title why did you call it didn't you used to be David Cassidy and he said because the number of people that come up to me and say I know who you are. Didn't you used to be David Cassidy? He said, I still am. It's so funny. He just made us laugh. So he thought he'd call the album, didn't you used to be David Cassidy? Because, of course, you know, to be a megastar and then suddenly not to be as, as famous or, or as popular must have been quite a shock to his system. But uh, yeah, he handled it with humour anyway. He did. Yeah, so that's why I thought he was a very nice man. Yeah, oh, that's that's lovely. Yeah. Um, if you're able to travel to any time period, um, either forwards or backwards, where would you like to go to? Oh, um, hmm. I I would like to be around in another fifty years time just to see what the hell we do with this planet. Um, but I think it might not be still here. Um, so. Ooh. I quite like the music and the fashions of the 1930s. So I, I think I might like that, you know, 20s, 30s, all those big bands and things. 
you know, I'm a great, I'm a great um, Fred Astaire fan. <laughs> you know, you've got heavy metal on one hand and Fred Astaire on the other. Um, and Doris Day, but she wasn't yeah. in the 30s, but yeah. Um, so maybe the fashions and, the, and, you know, but then again, you haven't got the hospitals and <laughs> you haven't got other things. So you don't know whether it'd be that great, really. You could just dip in for a bit and then I hopefully th- I think not I would catch anything and needs an amputation or anything like that. Yeah, then you can knit back. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I could just do the dance, the music, the films and the clothes and, you know, have those fantastic cocktails that they used to have um, and then and knit back if I get a headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next for you? Right. Um, well, I'm writing books two and three for the Miss Birdsong series, which is the first books in with the, um, my agent and publishers. And um, there's about five other books on my computer. There's about 100 short stories. Sometime or other, they've got to see the light of day. Um, I'm about to prepare for something which has happened, which is quite exciting for me. And that is um, a university in America has contacted me and they want to study my books. Um, for their literature classes um, so that's quite something I mean I, I <laughs> you know I, I mean my English literature teacher at school would just crack up at that but anyway um, so I'm, I'm hoping to do that and then in October I'm going to do a, a Zoom meeting with them and then next March I think it is I'm supposed to be hosting a literary panel um, about something to do with literature and women's literature. I haven't got a clue. I should have to go and look up and see what, it, what, what I'm meant to be talking about. Get the, get the Google out and see what it is. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm writing the, the sequels to Miss Bird, Birdsong and also um, the sequel to Only Woman. I'm, I'm still writing that, which is, takes it the book from the 60s through to the 80s. Um, and I've got loads of little short stories and things. I, I write regularly for a magazine. And so, you know, I'll be doing that. Um, I've got plenty to keep me going. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's just I find it difficult when I'm writing to read. And I've got a to, a to be read pile, which is going to outlive me. I'm sure of it. And, and I feel bad because there are a lot of authors on there that I know on Facebook whose books I've got to read. And I'm reading a couple now. And I'm, I'm so slow about it because I keep having to go away and, and write. And I can't do I find I can't do both. Do you find that? Um, yeah, it's because it feels like you're mixing the two sort of thing. And yeah, or, you yeah. know, your head goes off when you're trying to write a book, mm. you know, you're, you're thinking about that and not concentrating mm. on the story mm. and yeah. Yeah, because I can I can read whole whole chapters and I couldn't tell you what they were about. I have to go back and read them again. And it's not that they're bad or anything. It's just my mind is not focusing on the words on the page. I think that's what it is, you know. But yeah. I thought that was just me. I thought, oh god, you know, I've got about a hundred books to read for other people, and and that's not including ones I'd like to write, you know, read for me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even look at my TBR. I just know it's insane. I've never it counted. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, but I think if people do nice things and say things for you and, and like have you, as a, you know, host you on different things and that, it's the least you can do is to, is to actually read and review their books or like I try and have people on my blog, you know, guests and things. Um, or, tr- or try and do something to help promote them as well because, I mean, I think it's a two-way street, isn't it? 
definitely yeah and, you know people are helpful they really are kind and helpful they are yeah I, I had a nice idea of trying to read a book by every author I interview and mm. um, I pretty quickly learned that that was not going to be possible no because you'd never get around to the interview would you <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day I will read you know one by all of them but oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, you know, I, lots of people say, oh, do you think you could take this? I'll send you the copy and blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I don't want to say no, because that sounds churlish. But if I turn around and said, well, yes, but I might get around to at the end of next year. What would they, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I Hello might. Yeah. But I, I swear what happens that, in the meantime. But <laughs> yeah, but that pile, I think it grows during the night, you know. Um, and I don't think I'll ever live to read all of them. <laughs> I don't call mine a pile, I call mine a mountain. And I think even that's being generous. Yeah, yeah, Everest. Everest, mm. is, and I've got it on my phone as well. I don't have, you know, I don't have a Kindle as such, I have a phone. And they're all in there. And every now and again, I get these guilty glances, you know, when, when they're popping up and recommending books for you. And I look in the long and I'm thinking, oh, God, I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's sort of a guilt trip looking at books on there, really. Yes, very much. Very much. Yes. Or people say, have you read my book yet? I'm like, no, no, I haven't had time. <clears throat> it sounds horrible, doesn't it? I mean, you know, if they, they're sort of excited waiting to know what you think of it, you know, and I'd be, I'd be, if I said to people, please read my book, I, I would be the same. You know, I'd be biting at the bit, what do you think, what do you think? And, you know, two years later, oh, I've read your book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on to another one now. Yeah. <laughs> That's gone, that's history, I don't care. <laughs> so yesterday. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but well, you may be happy to know, I don't have any more questions for you, unless you think there's anything that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us? Oh, um, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight, so <laughs> you can't ask me that. Um, <laughs> Now, I, I, I honestly don't know, actually, Donna. I, I've enjoyed this. It's been fun. You know, I, I like chatting to people that are creative as well. And, and it's fun. You know, it's, it's sort of um, different. You know, I, I say this is, this is different. I mean, it's, it's, it's the wonders of technology. I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> you can't imagine, can you? Even 10 years ago, you wouldn't have thought you were doing this. No. No. So, no. So I haven't really, you know, I mean, you know, if people are interested, go and find my books. Um, but apart from that, um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for people to get their books and themselves out and about. And people like you are very, very valued. You know, I've, I've met quite a few and I, I just think how generous to give you time, especially, you know, uh, as you say, you can't read the books. So you, what are you getting out of it? You're enjoying it. And you must be a big fan of reading to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so no I, th I think um it's brilliant I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it I've had a laugh <laughs> yeah me too my cheeks are hurting <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh, you've got me on a quiet day <laughs> so just before we go do you want to just remind everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can get your books okay um well they can get my books in waterstones and blackwells and i think foils and wh smith i think you have to order it from those uh, amazon and all of those platforms um i've got an author page on amazon jane risden author uh, i've got my own website jane i'm on facebook twitter instagram 
LinkedIn, um, MeWe, I think. Although I haven't bothered with that too much because I find you get hit on by blokes all the time. And I, th I think to suffer really seriously, <laughs> you know, it says authors and why, why would people, but in mind anyway. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm on all those things. And if you Google me and put author, Jane Risden author, you'll get me. If you just put Jane Risden, you'll get somebody from the 17th century, I think. I don't <laughs> think she's written anything. <laughs> I think we'd know by now, so yeah I know I mean that there was a Risden my husband's side a Tristan Risden who wrote the survey of Devon which is like the doomsday book of Devon mm -hmm. um you know so I mean you might get him by mistake but uh no I mean I'm, I'm there if anybody's interested that, that that would be lovely you know if they let me know <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thank you very much oh thank you I've enjoyed it thank you very much and I hope your your followers do too it's, it's good to talk to you. Thank you.